Welcome to episode 54 of Coffee Pods of Waz, sponsored by Rain Body Fuel, the ultimate fitness focused drink to help support performance, and also generously sponsored by Ollie Clothing, a brand that helps people develop holistically in their pursuit of success. They make apparel that supports active endeavors and they produce content that adds convenience and clarity to self development. Right now, Ollie have a massive sale on, on their website, up to 75% off over 70% of their products. And there's a link in my bio to the site if you want to go and have a look. That's six takes that took. Um, the train series continues on Friday with Nathan Bird, focusing on strength and gymnastics. So if you have any questions, shoot them over and I'll get them to him. Last week's episode with Chris Hinshaw blew up, and rightly so. The man is excellent to listen to, so go and have a listen if you haven't heard it yet. Um, just keep sharing everything. It just makes life so much easier for me getting the word out. The more you share in your stories, like if one person sees it and they start listening, that's great. Um, at Coffee Pods and Wads on Instagram for everything. And if you have any questions or anything, you can email coffeepodsandwads at gmail.com or you can drop me a DM and I'll get to it as quick as I can. Today's guest is Rob Lawson. Rob is an affiliate owner in CrossFit Aberdeen. He's from Wales originally and has made his way to Scotland via Africa, obviously. Um, he is an inspiring person to me because of his efforts in building and maintaining his own local community as well as doing his best to help the UK and the international CrossFit community develop and grow. He's like he's been head of the head judge at the Rogue Invitationals. Um he's head honcho at European Regionals in 2018. Um if you have a level one you've probably met him. He's part of the seminar staff, especially in Ireland and the UK. Um he's a cool guy, so have a listen, enjoy, listen, share and tag. Thanks for doing this, Rob. No problem, brother. Again. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'll start off. Um, what are you drinking there? Was that tea or coffee? You know what? Like I said to my wife before I did this video, I was like, I'm dying for a coffee right now, but it's like, what, eight o'clock at night? Yeah. So it's actually, don't judge me on it. It's a camel tea. Camel tea. I fucking knew it was. I'm nearly 40 years of age. Come on. I need that stuff in my life. Once you said, don't judge me, I was like, this is definitely chamomile tea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's chamomile tea. Twi- uh, tw- is it twinnings, twinings, the sweet yeah. chamomile tea, so. Do you find that works? Uh, I don't know. What to do. I mean, it's the same. People ask me, oh, does CBD oil work and all this kind of stuff? It's like, if you think it works, yeah. take it. Cool. Over it. Like placebo, but uh, I don't know. It's, it's been a little bit cold here today. It's not very summery, so it's just nice to get something warm. Yeah, are you still you're you're still locked down to like the twenty first or something? Is it or yeah? So like over here in in Scot, it's different. UK now we've got England, we've got their own government. So have Wales, so have Scotland, mm-hmm. and they're all adhering to different rules. So obviously England are kind of they were all allowed to go out drinking and stuff on the weekend, and probably coronavirus is going to spike in two weeks because it was like crazy down in London well, yeah, well in fairness I mean the thing the thing about that decision making is everything's been fine it's not like I don't know Leicester that has to be locked down or anything so they've got a clean they've obviously managed it perfectly you know what like it's hilarious it's absolutely hilarious I got sent a video of one of Boris Johnson's announcement but there's some Welsh guy kind of dubbing over it oh where it doesn't make any sense well, it's, it's, it makes more sense than when both <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. If you want to go to work, you can go to work. But if you can't go to work, you can work from home. You don't have to work to home because you can go to work, go to work. But it's up to you. <laughs> Hilarious. But yeah, so Scotland, fair play. We've been kind of, we've always been the last to ease things up. But mm. they've been really strict. So at least we know where we stand. You know what mm. I mean? 
So the gyms are still closed, everything's still closed. We're in phase two right now. I think phase two is over next week, and then there'll be an announcement next week going into phase three. And at the moment, gyms are in are due to open in, in phase four. So that's so probably going to be the end of July, year. start of August. Yeah, that's that's what we're kind of um, looking at, I think. I know a lot of people for South and you are really pissed off that like the gyms are closed, but the pubs are open. And I was kind of like, yeah. come on, like you know that one of these two things can keep people fit and healthy, the other one won't. And you're, you know, like it's, it just seemed like a bizarre, it must be frustrating as a coach and an affiliate owner to see that happening. Like, Yeah, it's really frustrating to be honest with you. And, and it's kind of like, you know, the members are itching to get back involved as well. And either way, like I've got a duty of care towards my guys. So even mm. when they do open the doors, I've got to decide what is the best interest of my, my gym and community. Do I open the doors back up straight away or do we ease back in or do we leave it a week or two? So it's, yeah, there's, everyone's asking, oh, have you made any plans yet to reopen? And it's kind of like, my point of view is you can be as best prepared as you can, but until you're given the rules from the government, there's mm. not much point wasting time thinking about it because... I spoke to a bunch of affiliate owners down in England the other day and they'd, they'd done loads of pre-planning. They'd kind of like made posters and bought stickers and stuff, this two-meter rule. And then when the gyms open, it's down to one meter. It's like all the money they spent. Scribbling out everything. Oh, mate. What a ball ache, right? It was like uh, two meters minus one. <laughs> apart. Half the distance. That, yeah. that, that, that makes all the difference, right? Yeah. But, um, no, it's, um, yeah, that's the situation. So we just got to stick at it and see what happens now. Yeah. yeah. Um, what's the coffee scene like in Aberdeen? The coffee scene is, um, yeah, it's good. We've got a couple of local roasters. I, we said this when we chatted last time. There's a few, like, coffee shops popping up here and there, and there are quite a few You see, no one heard that, Rob. No one heard that we talked about this the last time. I know. <laughs> kind of, that's frustrating, right? But at the same time, at least I'm not as nervous this time talking about last time. So hopefully, hopefully I'll come across a little bit better. Yeah, it helps that we're both naked as well. So. <laughs> yeah, so there's a, quite a few coffee shops popped up in Aberdeen and there's a few guys that roast their own beans up here as well and do things yeah. like that. So, yeah, there's, um, it's, it's, it's almost like we spoke about this, the, the craft BS scene in Aberdeen is pretty big because of Brewdog. Mm. And the coffee scene has kind of almost gone hand in hand with that, which is yeah. really cool. I got a bunch of guys in the gym that are really into their coffee. We've got one of the, one, one of the guys who does a lot of our filming for us, Kira, and he's really into his coffee. So he always sends me links to different stuff to try and purchase. And I got a, a friend down in London called Forbes who sends coffee up. Nice. He's, uh, he's quite well connected. So the last batch he sent me was to buy appointments to the, to the Queen. <laughs> actually, yeah, very nice. Um, and then I, I've actually just taken out a subscription for the next three months with Monmouth Coffee in London. Oh, nice. so, yeah, still send a couple of bags uh, each month up, so that'll keep me going. But um, yeah. best Christmas present I ever had was the Sage Home Barista thing. Oh, same one. Fucking yeah, gold, man. You posted about it in the new house, yeah. I had, um, I had someone message me and was like, oh, is it any good? And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's really good. Love it. Like, wouldn't do it out or whatever. And then they messaged me like, I don't know, three weeks later, we were like, oh, I bought that machine. I was like, oh, fuck. I was like, <laughs> I, I was like oh, God, I really hope it's like as good as I t- feel like it is. And he was like, oh, yeah, it's really good. I was like, oh, thank God. I did not like the pressure of like advising someone that purchase like that. No, I love it. I love it. That's my morning routine. Get up, put the coffee machine on, make a fresh coffee and uh, away to go. But um, yeah. I still need to learn how to, how to do the, uh, the art with the milk on the top. 
I'm still uh, screaming. Fucking nonsense. It's not um, like it, it, just it, a blob. It's a blob. Actually, yeah, it, cock and balls. Nine out of ten <laughs> times, cock and balls. Yeah, one time it's like, oh, is that a leaf? I'll get it next time, and then the next yeah. time it's like, nope, cock and balls. Yeah, a blob, yeah. cock and ball. Oh, yeah, that's exactly how it's like. And I um, as many YouTube videos as you want. I still can't get it. Still, no, it's, still it's, it's not. They're like, oh, you just do this, and it's like, even if I watch that in slow motion ten times, I still don't know what you did there. I just poured, and it came out perfectly. Can you hear my dog going crazy? Yeah. I apologise. That's no, fine. What is it, Labrador or something? Somebody at the front door. No, she's a Rottweiler cross, oh. um, Rottweiler cross Staffordshire Bull Terrier. So really calm and... Do you know what? She's the biggest baby ever. She's right. like a big cuddly bear, but we got her from the dog's home. She was really badly abused as a puppy. Yeah. Like this old guy really beat her bad. So it's kind of a catch-22 with her. She's really... If you raise your voice, she cowers straight away, and it's it's really it's a bit sad to see. Yeah. But she's really obedient as well, so it's yeah, <laughs> she's come out of her shell now, yeah. as, as you can hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have a we have a schnauzer, we have a pug and a schnauzer, and she's a miniature schnauzer, like, and she let you down so badly out and about because, like, you know, you let the dogs off the lead. And then you call her back and you show her the lead and she'll always come back and she's really good. But when you go to put the lead on her, she cowers down as if you're going to drop kick her a mile. Oh, I have never touched that dog with any good really affection. Hard. Yeah. That, that hits you hard. In a but then thing. I'm always like, well, if someone else, like usually if I'm putting her on the lead, it's because someone's coming towards us. And I was like, that person's going to think I beat the shit out of my dog. It's like I've never done anything to her. Like, You know, we had her... When we first had her, we've got like farmer's fields at the back of the house. So I'd take her up to the fields and i let her off the leash and she'd chase a tennis ball. She'd bring the ball back. And I thought, this is brilliant. But then she would drop it about 10 foot away from me. And then every time I took a step closer, she'd walk away. Oh, yeah, yeah. And she wouldn't come within 10 foot of me. To the point where I'd be in the backfield for two hours and I couldn't get her in. So I'd have to walk, I'd have to walk home with her. She'd follow me. And I'd leave the front door open and she'd literally, she'd sit outside in the driveway crying for about two hours and then slowly she'd come in in her own time. And we right. just had to build up trust and, and this relationship with her. But she's, she's golden now. She's yeah. really good. That's good. Um, <clears throat> another thing I love hearing about is um, guests' memories of coffee. So like, okay, when I say coffee memories, most people get hung up thinking like, fuck, what's a good coffee I've had? But like, <laughs> as in like, it could be geographical or like a social scenario or maybe it is a really nice coffee. Yeah. For me, what's... coffee, so twofold. Twofold, coffee is a tool to get you through a weekend on a seminar. If you've been traveling, if you've been traveling for hours on a Friday to get to somewhere and then you're in a different time zone, you've got to get up early and teach a seminar Saturday, Sunday. Coffee is a tool. Mm. And I don't care what it is, if it's black and it's strong and it's got caffeine in it, it's good to go, you know what I mean? Um, but then if I think about places with a nice coffee I've been and things like that, like there's, there's a couple of really nice coffee shops in Reykjavik in Iceland that we've been to. And I remember being there for a seminar. We ended up being there for over a week because we did a seminar on the Saturday, Sunday, and then the following Thursday was the announcement of 18.5. And um, I was asked to judge that live. So instead of flying me home and taking me back out, I stayed there for the week. So we just got yeah. to do a lot of sightseeing and stuff. And there was a real nice, uh, I can't even remember the name of it, but it's on the high street in, in Reykjavik. And um, they had really nice cakes and really nice coffee. 
And usually I'm just kind of like a one flat white, but I'm good kind of thing. I think we must have sat down for an afternoon and had about three or four flat whites. Yeah. I left about six o'clock, seven o'clock in the evening and I was flying. There was no, yeah. no chance of getting to sleep that night. But that's just good, yeah. good, good people, good chats. That's, that's what coffee is for me, really. Just getting together with some good people and having a good old gossip. And yeah, I'm, I'm mad to go to Reykjavik. I think it looks... Just even, like, say, um, you know, Starry Baron, you know, the yes. Sarah's agent and that. He, was, he put up videos at the weekend or last week where he was, like, driving around Iceland. Just everything looks so amazing, like. You know, it, it's, I've, I've been lucky quite a few times for seminars and, and things like that. And it's one of those places I love to go. I really love to go. There was um, my first ever time there. I flew straight there from San Diego. We had a trainer summit in San Diego and I was working the following weekend. So we flew out Thursday, got to Reykjavik on the Friday. There was myself, James Hobart. Uh, I think McCoy Turner was with us as well. And we got picked up in, in Iceland from one of Hobart's friends, a guy called Anna, who now works for Rogue. He's, he's been to the games on Team Reykjavik a few times. He picked us up and he had a white van full of equipment and he took us to this, there's an area called the Golden Circle where the uh, Mid-Atlantic Rich comes into the, on land and it's, it's the place of the first day of a Viking parliament. And we did a workout in this outdoor arena. It was unbelievable, like the scenery and stuff and we're there just like idiots deadlifting and running and stuff and some of the locals like, to be honest with you, the looks for the locals weren't too mad because I think they've seen a lot of people doing CrossFit outside over yeah, there. Yeah. Um, I'll never forget that scenery was amazing. That was that was a really good introduction to Iceland for sure. God almighty, it sounds incredible. Um, so if you travel that much, then do you listen to a lot of podcasts? Yeah. So I mean, for me, when when I travel, it's nice to have a bit of downtime. At the same time, it's either switch off completely. Or um, I try and get work done, to be honest with you, and programming or doing stuff for my own gym or preparing for lectures for the, the weekend and stuff. But podcast-wise, you know, I, I really like listening to um, Joe Rogan. I get, again, to Joe quite often. Then um, I've got into Mike Tyson hot boxing recently. Like, he's had yeah, a I've seen, I haven't heard of it, but I've seen a, I've seen a few. Yeah, he's had a couple of really good. Like he had Eminem on the show and stuff, yeah. and some big names. That was really, really cool. And it... There's been a, was it with Sugar Ray Robbins? I can't remember which boxer he interviewed, but they they started getting into like the uh, the warrior mentality with Mike, and he kind of uh, he got really emotional. And it was like wow, it was like it was pretty cool to see how deep it ran with him when he was a youngster. You know, it was really interesting. Um, aside from that, like obviously coffee pods and wads, obviously top you of fucking the liar. <laughs> <laughs> obviously. Um, you know what? I'll give, I'm gonna give a shout out to the guys at CrossFit Aberdeen. There's a bunch of guys they call themselves the Mid Table Crew, and they've got a little podcast called the Mid Table Podcast, and they um, they they're really funny. It's like the struggles of the, they have a little team of guys, and they they're fit guys, right? They're good guys. They they consider themselves to be mid table. So they've started this like little league between themselves during the open and, and in house competitions and stuff. And yeah, their banter is quite funny. So I enjoy listening to that. Yeah, no, have you, have you, um, you know, have you heard of uh, Crooked but Butterfly podcast by Tosh? No. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good podcast as well. That's a good one to listen to. That's Nicole Carroll's husband. Or, oh, okay. Um, yeah, the main man. He's, uh, that's a really good podcast to listen to as well. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I was watching during lockdown, 
you mentioned earlier, you're still in it, like. But yeah, there was a, a quite a few uh, impressive guest appearances on like <laughs> Zoom workouts and stuff at the beginning. You had like Froning, Tia Toomey was there. Like, yeah. what? I suppose what spawned the idea to do that in the first place, and then one, what spawned the idea? Two, how difficult was it to pull off? And three, how many members shat their pants when they turned on Zoom and saw these people? I know. <laughs> you know, it's um, so. From the start of the year, I've been working really closely with um, Drake Slacky, Young's Reebok, Crossman, Nuremberg. He's on seminar staff, Flowmaster as well. And Drake and myself have worked together for years in regionals, being competition actors yeah. for Europe and the Meridian and stuff. And more recently, we've been working really hard for Rogue, doing the uh, doing head judges stuff for the the online invitational. So we were working together lots at the start of the year, hmm. and then when we went into lockdown. Um, we kind of clubbed our heads together and said, hey, we should just kind of like do stuff together as gyms to try and keep the community together and see what happens. And then we ended up doing a hero workout together along with Nicole Christian and her gym, CrossFit Roots, out in Colorado. So we did like a live Zoom class for all of our members. And then from there, we did the live Zoom classes where we were raising money for a gym that had to close their doors. Mm-hmm. So that, that was like real nice ways of keeping the community going and keeping everybody interactive and stuff. And then during that, we were like, hey, it would be really cool if we kind of like tapped up a few of the guys that, that we've got to know. I wouldn't say we're really close friends with these guys, but, you know, we, we, if we're in with these people, we know them and we're friendly with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the, the likes of, of Matt and Tia, we hung out with them this year at the Arnold Classic before we went into lockdown because we were there with Rogue again, helping with the strongman stuff. And they were there watching. Rich has obviously been to um, Drake's Box quite a few times with the aerobic capacity course and mm. things like that. And, you know, we, we meet these guys through judging at different competitions and things like that as well. So we had the idea of why don't we just, instead of pitching it like a podcast, just like it's going to be a really informal, come online, have a chat with me and Drake. We'll pre-get um, some questions off of our members beforehand. And if you want to do a, a workout, go for it. If not, we'll just have a good old chin wag. So, I mean, yeah, we were really fortunate in that we reached out to Rich, we reached out to Matt and Tia, um, Sarah Sigma's daughter, Kristen Holtday. We had a bunch of really cool dudes. Sam Briggs was on with us as well. I had a good good old chat with her. And then more locally to us in Scotland, we had Luke Stoltman. So like he's one of the world's strongest man competitors. Mm. He came online and, I mean, damn, we were talking for nearly an hour and 40 minutes about this stuff because he loves CrossFit. He's, he really enjoys watching it and stuff. So it was really good. Sure. Cool to dig into their kind of training regime, going for world's strongest man and stuff. And we've just been very fortunate to kind of reach out to these guys and they've just been like only too happy to help, you know? That's Which good, I think, yeah. um, I mean, when you think about, if you were to reach out to a gold medalist in a, in a sport in the Olympics and stuff, and say, oh, would you jump online? They probably wouldn't even think twice, right? But it just shows yeah. how much of a community we do have and that these guys were all, all too willing to help to keep our, our gyms alive. So. We owe a lot, owe a lot to those guys for sure. Yeah, that's no, it's good. Um, so like, anyone with a keen ear here would realise that you've got a Welsh accent, but you're yeah. living in Scotland. How did Scotland. how did that uh, transition occur? So um, when I was younger, rugby was my thing. When I was younger, and I, I went through this the school system with Swansea Rugby Club and stuff like that. Went to university and ended up signing and playing for Cardiff and stayed there for a few years after university. Um, just to play rugby and then got a job 
my degree was in why well, I ended up getting a master's in the end in, in geology. So basically, I'm just really good at colouring in in between the lines and stuff. That's limestone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your master's. <laughs> lick, lick this rock. <laughs> yeah, good. Chalk, it's chalk. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I got a master's in that, but I stayed on for a few years to play rugby. And then, you know, I came to this crossroads. I, I wasn't going to make it really, really big in rugby and stuff. And so I ended up getting like a, a postgraduate job there. And I had three years to get when I, I exhausted it to the very last year. And I got a, a job with a company called Slumberjay. Um, so that was in the oil industry. Kind of uh, first posting was out in, in Africa, in West Africa. And then quickly got out of there after things got a little bit funny because the country I was in was in a bit of political unrest and stuff like that. And it, was, it was a dangerous country to be in, basically. Uh, got out of that, came back to the UK, and then still wanted to work for the company, um, but still wanted to play rugby, and then realised that Aberdeen was the all capital of Europe, and they also had a team at the time that was in the Scottish Premiership. So I came up to Aberdeen, started playing rugby, started working in the oil industry again up here, and, uh, and then settled up in Aberdeen since then. So I think it was, I think it was end of summer 2006, I first moved up to Aberdeen. And uh, I've been stuck here ever since, yeah. When, when did your gym open? Uh, CrossFit Aberdeen opened. We affiliated in 2011, but we got let down with a property or two. Like, we just wanted to put our, our names in the dotted line and it kind of like fell through for whatever reasons. And then we opened the doors to where we are right now in uh, May 2012. And was there... Because CrossFit wasn't huge in the city or anything. So was there like... Was there a sleepless nights there about like fuck? What if this doesn't work? Like, or what if it's not as viable as we think it is? What if there's no interest? Like, yeah, massively. I mean, there was loads of gyms up here and loads of like PT gyms and stuff like that. But um, I had friends back at home in Swansea. They were doing CrossFit and that opened up CrossFit gyms like like the likes of Matt Evans down mm. in Swansea. He was involved in CrossFit Velocity at the time, and I played rugby with Matt and. Um, I just truly believed that it was the way forward and so much so that I just invested all of my uh, savings into it to open up the gym and uh, just did what I had to do to try and make it work. You know, it was, it was a journey for sure. But the lucky thing is with us, we managed to kind of secure a bit of a deal with, uh, with Slumberger in that their employees got a discount so that the company would pay half and the, mem- the, the person themselves would only pay half a membership. Yeah. So we were still getting full full whack for each member, but they were only paying half, you know? Oh, so good. that was really nice just to get that influx right from the start. And then luckily enough from then word spread and, you know, we've been pretty much chock a block ever since. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, we've been, we've been blessed. The guys, are, they're a great bunch of guys up here. So yeah, really lucky. Yeah, that's great. I was reading your credentials. Like, it's a fucking long list. So like, <laughs> level, level one, obviously, and then you've got like two, three, you've got lifting, mobility, strong man. I assume you've done, done the judges course. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> um, like, you've been a team Reebok UK athlete. Like, like I imagine there's a, a whole heap of shit that's not listed there. But like, did you think when you started off, you know, mess around with your mates doing thrusters or whatever like did you think like oh i'm gonna you know like to become seminar staff you have to be really committed like you have to have a real affinity for 
the job and for the methodologies and stuff you have to have a real belief in what you're teaching and then I suppose you have to have the drive to keep pushing to keep getting your certif your certifications or whatever and like you know it's not like you can just go like do you know what fuck it I'm gonna work for seminar staff like you know you have to work towards it so like was there a point in time where you like oh, I want to be more than an affiliate owner or I want to be more than a coach yeah I I, th I, I mean even from when um, I was playing rugby back in Cardiff like it, we'd, we'd go around the schools and, and coach schools or like some holidays there was like a a rugby camp that I used to do for, for my friend and stuff. So I've always loved coaching and helping other people, you know, and then getting involved in, in CrossFit and setting up the gym, but then going down and seeing what Matt was doing in Swansea and being on seminar staff. And then through Matt, I got to know Dabs Dennis and Carl Steadman, like the OGs and Danny Watson and those boys. Like it was almost like, you know, if you want more and you want to be better, you can you can keep getting better. There's more information out there and there's more you can go and achieve. So I just kind of I just try to lap it up, man. I just try to soak it up as much as I could. You know, I just I loved it. I just that was it. Just it's kind of yeah. I feel blessed with how everything has fallen into place. Like the stuff with Reebok when I kicked off at the start and everything and the support and help they gave me and things and yeah, I feel really lucky to be honest with you. Like, um, like okay, how has it been then for an employee of CrossFit and an affiliate owner and someone who like loves it, lives and breathes it like, you know, day in, day out to watch everything happen over the last few weeks. Like, so to watch like yeah. the controversy with Glassman and then people like saying that they're out of the games, people disaffiliating and then uh, Castro taking over and then people still saying they're not going to the games or they're going to keep disaffiliating, de whichever. And then a new CEO, like it's, I suppose, like how was that especially when you're in lockdown as well it's like you've, you've got such yeah, a minimal outlet like as if coronavirus wasn't enough of a kick in the balls right yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Happens. i mean yeah i mean i read the text the tweet rather when it happened and i kind of i interpreted it as greg intended at the time and i honestly thought my initial reactions i was sitting on the sofa in the lounge watching tv on the Sunday evening, and I was like, oh, have you checked this out? It's a bit stupid, like, you know, I'm sure it'll kind of blow over. And then watching Instagram just start to implode and things get worse and worse, and then Monday morning and stuff, it was just like, it was honestly like somebody had just gripped you by the throat and just ripped out your esophagus, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It was like, I was like, when's this gonna stop? When's it gonna stop snowballing? Like, yeah. how far is it gonna go? And you know, lots of people then were putting different posts out straight away that they were out and this and that and this and that. Like, for me, that that's not me. I'm kind of like the kind of person that will wait and, and observe and wait for more information. And then once I've got enough information and I'm happy in the decision I'm making, I'll, I'll make that decision. Um, so I didn't post or say anything early on whatsoever, but I did communicate with my gym, like, because... Yeah. Nobody else deserves to know what I'm thinking apart from my family and my community, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I spoke to those guys. Actually, I didn't even, I didn't even, learning from the tweet in itself, I didn't even write a message. I made a video to explain <laughs> to the guys. Because, I, because you know what it's like. I mean, if I've learned anything for the past couple of weeks, you could text somebody or make an email to somebody and they will read it how they are feeling at that time. Yeah, yeah, that's Armin Hammer was on a few weeks ago and we were talking about it and he was like, you know, you have to be so unequivocally clear when it's text oh. 
that you can't have any room for interpretation like I mean, I'm not that articulate. I mean, I was educated yeah. in Wales, you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> so I made a video for the guys. I think it was on a Monday night or the Tuesday. And, you know, I, I won't lie. I was emotional making a video because I honestly thought I couldn't see an end when everything's snowballing, you know, it was, it was bad. Um, and then made a decision once all the information had come out. And even then, it's kind of like there's been so many different podcasts and so many different people saying things and posts going out and stuff like that. That It's just kind of, I'm just a little bit happy to read these things, sit back and make my own observations. It's kind of like, I don't really feel the need to put stuff out there. Yeah, I know know a couple of my friends, one in particular who's like, who loves CrossFit, has just walked away. He's just like, no. Like can't I can't it's just too much, there's too much going on, there's too much. Did yeah. you hear about this? Did you see this? What do you reckon of this? What do you think of this? He was like, I just I'm just I'm gonna just walk away for like a month. Yeah. And then come back when the dust settles and be like, right, this is what I'm gonna do now because I've assessed everything. That's fine. And, and you know what? Like that's that's kind of like my way of looking at it is like let leave the dust settle, evaluate, and then make a decision best based for me, my family and the community. And that and like CrossFit Aberdeen is, is, is my sole concern, that, that community first and foremost, right? Mm. Um, what do you reckon to Eric Rosa then when you heard, I assume like me, you were like, who? I was like yeah, Googling. I'll, I'll be honest, I've never heard of the chap before. Yeah. But then obviously we, we've had um, different Zoom calls and there was a Zoom call that went live to every with Dave Castro and stuff. And he seems like a really switched on dude. Seems like you know he's he's been a fit owner for over ten years. He's been involved in CrossFit for over ten years, so I think it's only going to be good. And I'm just kind of excited right now. There's a piece of me that's like, hey, I don't even want to talk about what's happened the past couple of weeks because it's looking back. Let's look forward, um, because you know you could turn around and say, but so and so said this. They don't deserve this. Blah 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 blah. And it's like bullshit. Just like we've drawn a line under it. Mm. People wanted change. Change has been made. Like, people can't ask for any more. Let's move on and let's all be positive from here on in. So I know, speaking from myself, I'm just trying to put myself out there a little bit more to the UK community and, and to the Scottish community in particular. Just trying to be that, you know, if, if I can help anybody in any particular way or be like that person in between the affiliates and HQ, just kind of like be that medium for information to go up the chain and down the chain. And yeah, I just want to move forward with it now, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think I heard an interesting statement someone said was like, it doesn't, like, if there's a crisis, if the shit hits the fan and you really fuck something up, it doesn't matter, like, what your record was prior to that. It doesn't matter, like, all you've achieved or all you've done or whatever is totally irrelevant. Like, what matters is the steps that you take afterwards or how you react or how you, like, the first thing that you do after the crisis is what matters most compared to the six months previously or whatever or 10 years previously. But I think, like, CrossFit's reaction of, like, say when Rosa came in, I remember I saw like Richard Hill put up a screenshot of the email, and uh, Hannah here in Ireland sent me a picture of the email. It was like I've never gotten an email before with information. I always see it on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or whatever. Like that, to me, I was like, okay, that's not words. Like that's an actual action that's been taken to improve something. So let's not take anything away from Dave Castro, right? Like he was CEO for a couple of days and he initiated that. Yeah. Which had never been done before. Emails would go into affiliates from HQ. That's huge. Like, I mean, for some people it's like, well, it's just communication. Yeah, but it never happened before. Like, so for Dave to go in and take those first steps, 
and make some decisions like that. I think that was huge. And I, you know, Dave, Dave doesn't get as much credit as he should. And, and he's, he's a dude and his heart is in the right place. Um, he's all for the community. And I think, you know, I think only positive things are to come from this, right? Yeah. And like, if, if, we, if we're going to say anything about what happened and how people reacted and stuff, my, my only thing would be this, and I've said this to many people because I've, I've had so many Zoom calls with worried affiliate owners and stuff like that. There were so many people that in the heat of the moment put out a, a text or a tweet or an Instagram post saying, my box is out. We're, we're not affiliated anymore, blah, 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 blah. Like, and then since things have changed and they've, people have received more information, they can make a more educated decision on what they want to do. They want to come back. But they're really scared to come back. So here's, here's what I've been saying to people is like, me personally, I'm never going to make a judgment on somebody that makes a call in the heat of the moment when emotions are high and information is limited because that is what they feel they need to do best for themselves and their family and their boxes and their communities. In that moment, you've just done the right thing for you and, and in, your community, in your community. If information changes and you want to go back on that decision or you want to change decision, you should be free to do that. And if anything, that shows that, you know, you've got that level head and you can make an evaluate decision and you want to come back. That's great. And you should be welcome back with open arms. So, I mean, if there's any affiliate owners or any coaches listening to this that feel, oh, you know, I've made a decision, I can't go back in it. Don't cut your nose to spite your face. Like, if you know it's the right thing to come back and that's what you want to do, you're welcome. Come back with open arms. Like, end off. Mm -hmm. That's all that needs to be said. And then it's just to the future. Yeah. Were you, did, did, did you do a call with seminar staff or have you had much interaction since? Yeah, we've had um, a few calls, like just kind of like relaying down what's been happening. Like, you know, Dave's been on a call, Eric Rose has introduced himself to the team and everything and like things like that. We've had more emails coming down about the way forward. Obviously, lots of stuff being said now about how we're going to get back into seminars and stuff like that. That's been the main issue and things. And, I think as soon as the deal goes through, I don't even know if it's been finalised, if it's gone through yet with Eric and the companies and all that kind of stuff, because I know it takes a long time to write up that paper. Yeah, I think they said next month or the end of this month or something, I think. Yeah, there you go. So, I mean, I'm sure as soon as that all gets finalised, we'll hear even more again. But um, it's, it's amazing to see the amount of change that's happened already. But for me, it's also a bit crazy. Like, if you're talking about changing, if you're talking about changing a company's values and beliefs and how people perceive that company it's not going to happen overnight do you know what i mean like somebody needs to come in and install some leadership and install their their thought processes and stuff and that that's going to take months so um for everybody that's kind of like you know it needs to happen now i think everything that could have happened as quickly as it did has mm. and now we now we've just got to all buy into the same all start walking the same direction basically together yeah. And then see what happens over the next months and, and the next twelve to eighteen months. How uh, how exciting was it for you to see like Nicole coming back and stuff like changes like those kind of things happening? You know what, like, because she's like the mother of seminar staff essentially. Like, <laughs> yeah. In um, what's the movie with um, what's his name? The Oracle is that the Matrix? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All knowing, the all seeing, the Oracle. Yeah, like Nicole is just. Uh, she's just a beautiful person, right? Um, and she is core to the training team. And she's core to the training staff. 
Um, so I think when when people saw that she stepped down, we were like, oh, this is this is this is serious. But um, we've all been in communication and stuff, and uh, to see her come back is just yeah, that's that's the litmus test right there. If mm-hmm. Nicole is on board, if Dave Cash was on board, and if lots of the senior management. Um, guys like Chuck Carswell, Todd Widman, Eric Preston, and those guys are all on board, then we're in safe hands, man. We're in mm. safe hands. Um, you mentioned like places de- de-affiliating and stuff like that. One of the uh, things, one of the major things going on during all of this was the Rogue Invitational. Yeah. And like, you're involved with that. So you had like, I mean, what's been hailed and like rightly so as breaking the mold like I spoke to Matt Chan the other week and yeah. we talked about it and he was like, Rogue, if you present Rogue with a problem, they will not only give you a solution, but they'll like defy what you believe is possible when it comes to a solution. Like they'll like blaze past and piss all over what you thought was possible and come up with something ridiculous. Yeah. That works. And that seems to be what you did with the Invitational because it was like, I remember watching it, like, you know, getting ready and like, Chase was chatting to Sean and they were, you know, like going on about it stuff. And I was like, this is going to be a clusterfuck of like frozen screens. And it's going to be so much, there's going to be lag. There's going to be like loads of stuff. I think like twice, I think something happened to Olsen. And then Pat Vellner was doing like pause squat te- uh, tempo thrusters for a while. But like, it was remarkable how little it affected like as a viewer, as a fan, like it was remarkable how little it affected what was going on. Like it was hilarious afterwards watching the videos of like, you know, um, Kristen Holt to put up a video, I think. And I think maybe BKG did as well of like total fucking silence, but like a yeah. hundred people behind the camera. And you know, you're not aware of any of that, but like you're seeing people like pure elation joy, but like in silence. So it was like watching a mime celebrate of the winning goal of the world cup. Well, like, if you go to the Rogue Invitational Instagram page, I think they posted a video of Laura Horvath, PJ, yeah, yeah, yeah. and like there's a guy in the background filming it, and he's like, like trying not to scream. <laughs> and and yeah, it was class. It was like that, that was yeah, it was an honor to be a part of that. To be honest, it was super cool. Super was it was it stressful though? Like because it's oh, so like it's yeah. so different to what you did like last year. And last year, I assume when something's that big, it's really fucking stressful anyway. But this is a whole different ballgame and something that's like, it's either never been done or never been done effectively before. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go into the ins and outs of it because we developed lots of systems and a lot of work went in behind the scenes to make that work that, you know, if we've got to do it again for whatever reason that we want to keep to ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just a pure amount of planning and the amount of of people that were involved that had the foresight to predict things and, and plan for that that made that come off. It was just, the team was phenomenal. And uh, yeah, really proud to be a part of it. Like obviously Drake was involved with that. Drake and I worked really closely. And Bill and Katie, I mean, if they say Rogue is gonna do something, you know it's gonna be special, right? Like whatever it is. Like last year, the Invitational was basically a a mini games on their own property there in Columbus. And 
And again, it's almost like if, if somebody says it can't be done, it's like, well, screw you. We're going to do it and we're going to blow your minds doing it. So yeah, yeah. to be involved in that was, was phenomenal. I think the timing of it couldn't have happened at a better time. Oh, time. talk about needing something to happen. Uh, right? like, I just know I didn't really check my social media from when we started kicking things off on the Thursday night all the way through to the end of Sunday. And it was just a welcome relief because all the negativity just turned to positivity mm. through that one event. So more props to Rogue as well for actually saying we're going to make it happen regardless of what was going on. So, yeah, it couldn't have happened at a better time. It was nice of Fraser to step back and have Ellen win something as well. Yeah, let somebody else have a crack of the whip. <laughs> Did you see him with a little crown at the end? I thought that was Yeah, hilarious. yeah. He's a very funny guy. He's very interesting. Yeah, that's good. That's a legend. He's very funny. Very yeah. Funny. Um, you mentioned that you and Drake worked at regionals yeah. in... Uh, well, most recently Berlin. So, like, there's a lot of nostalgia towards regionals. Yeah. There's a lot of like, you know, one like one of the most common phrases you'll see in attitude is is RIP regionals. Like that, they're like still mourning it, and it's like yeah. two years or nearly three years since it's been over. Um, I suppose two questions. Like, one, what was it like to be part of something and then be told like, oh no, we're not doing that anymore. And then yeah. two, what's it like now knowing that like it's kind of unknown, but like there's rumors and stuff that, you know, yeah. maybe we might lean back towards something like that. Is that like exciting or are you kind of taking your thing of like, I'll wait and see? Yeah. So I guess referring to your first question, I mean, I, my journey with regards regional started back in Copenhagen, right? So I started as a judge in Copenhagen and did that for a couple of years. <clears throat> director back then and um one year he came up and said uh, hey i could do with some help I kind of like need a right hand man do you fancy giving me a hand so i stopped doing so he misjudged your character and then that happened <laughs> I, i'm just gonna make him coffee bro <laughs> that's it yes drake whatever you need drake i got you <laughs> so um i went from from judging and being on the, on the demo team and stuff like that to, to just helping drake then and learned so much from drake Learned so much about how the different teams work together, the planning leading up to the event. And I mean, we're talking like months ahead of the event as well, right? Like even going through the video selection and stuff at open level and all that kind of stuff. And there's so much work that goes in behind the scenes, so many man hours. Um, and we worked up, because then it got changed and it was Meridian. So we worked Meridian in, from Madrid for quite a few years. And then we went back to having Europe and Madrid. And I was given Berlin and Drake kind of like helped me there. And then Drake was a competition director of Madrid and I went along and helped him there too. So we've, we've, you know, we get on really well together. We work really well together and that's how that was spawned. So if you can imagine you've gone, you've invested so much time from going from judge, working your way through. And then, and all of a sudden the first year I get handed the role of competition director for Berlin and then they cancel all regionals. I mean, did I fuck up that bad? Come on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, on the East Coast of America, they're like, yeah, it was fucking Rob Lawson. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it was, I was gutted because it was like, it's such a cool event to be a part of. And it was, yeah, first, I was actually, I was at that Berlin. I was, it was epic. Visually, it looked awesome. Like, you know, the way we had all the athletes come around and meet the uh, spectators and stuff mm -hmm. and things like there's some really cool things that happened in Berlin. Like, do you remember that 
where the warm-up area was, the athletes actually had to walk through the crowd. To yeah, there was like a little kind oh, of tunnel. Yeah. And then on the way out as well, I met Zach George yeah. there and um, I chatted to him recently and obviously he really fondly remembered bumping into me and uh, he didn't have a fucking clue who I was. No, it was cool. Like, cause even I, I'd be very funny about like stopping people and being like, Oh, can I have a picture? I'd be, I don't know. Like I kind of, I don't want to impose and stuff. But I remember like even Sam Briggs was there injured and she was taking pictures of everyone. And you'd seen like, you know, from an Irish perspective, seeing like Aoife and Emma and Petey and Sam and all walking around and going through and getting applauded and stuff. Like it, it was a very cool, like uh, addition to it. Like, yeah, it was really cool. I'll be honest with you, I think that year we were supposed to, we were planning on maybe walking them down underneath to get them to the floor so they, there wouldn't have been any contact with, with the spectators. But it yeah. would have taken so much time that we made the decision to, to cut across the walkway outside the, the, um, the warm-up area. And I think that was the best thing ever because it just it made that a little bit more intimate. The fans were right there next to the athletes. The athletes were like then vibing off the crowd and stuff before they got. Plus, it meant that the crowd got to do a bit of fitness as well because if you're standing at the crowd watching and then you were sprinting to your seat to try and get there. <laughs> yeah, quality. So yeah. I mean, that was great. And then, and then t- for that to be the first and last time, it was kind of like, oh man, really? Yeah. Like, okay, well, we'll see what happens with uh, with sanctions and stuff. But like, obviously, Dave. Dave is really fond of the regional format, right? It's really neat, it's clean. There's, there's no kind of like, if you come first, second, third, fourth, fifth, you go into the games kind of thing. Mm. As opposed to how it can be deemed as being a little bit messy right now with sanctions if people have pre-qualified through their nation or through the Open and then it drops down and things. And I think he mentioned that on the morning chalk up podcast. Yeah, no, on, yeah talking to Leach, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's it. Totally fitness. Um, I actually, I spoke to Phil Hesketh and he made a good point that he was like, that t- even even something closer to regionals where it was like, because he was like, you know, China have a competition that has five workouts over three days and then somewhere else has a work, has a competition that has 14 workouts over two days or, you know, he was like, you know, some kind of standardized version of sanctions basically. It, it makes sense, right? I don't yeah. know whether you go back to having like, I mean, this is me thinking, not not anything I've heard on the grapevine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether you would turn around and you'd have like maybe like a number of super regional competitions and then some of the bigger, more established sanctionals, like maybe four or five of them are still allowed to do it. But maybe there's a ranking system like they use for the Olympics where people can accumulate points so it's clear. Yeah. Maybe something like that will come into place. Maybe we'll go back to regionals. Who's no? Who knows? But I think um, whatever, whichever way Dave takes it, it's gonna it's gonna work. It's gonna be neat. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, I think it, it kind of spoke a lot as well that he had like basically zero involvement with sanctions. Like he didn't. I think he said the only. I think he said the only knowledge he had of any workout that was done at sanctions was someone from strength and depth rang him or emailed him or something and said, what would you think about using an actual rowing boat in a workout? And he, and he said, in classic Castro fashion, I think it's a stupid idea. And he, and he was like, but they did it anyway. <laughs> and he was like, he, he, cause I think it was on, a, it was on the first talk in the episode he did that he was like, haven't watched any sanctionals, haven't watched any of the workouts, don't know anything about the programming, haven't been asked to do any programming. I wouldn't do it if it was asked. So I think like he, he clearly like, I, th- I suppose I wasn't as invested in regionals as like, you know, people who've been in the sport or 
like enjoying the sport for five, 10, 12 years, whatever. Like I'm kind of, I love the aspect of sanctions because it's like, I was at Filthy last year and you've got fucking Sarah Sigmund's daughter like right in front of you. Or you go to like Strength and Death and you got Fraser there. Like when else is he going to come to London to do work at like, you know? I mean, that, that's, a, that's a really valid point. I mean, if you want to take it out to the community, there's nothing mm. better than having those events. Um, like, I thought it was interesting actually because uh, Matt O'Keefe's crowd, Loud Live, Live Live Loud, his crowd anyway, they... Yeah, they said they're doing, they're like, they announced all the dates for their competitions. And then on the same day, Competition Corner put out this function where you can tally scores from one event to another event. And it was like, as in like, you could say, do Wadapalooza, come yeah. first, get 100 points overall, like, and then go and do Madrid, come second, get 90 points, but you've had 190 points overall. But it was like Competition Corner announced this new i don't know function of their website or app or whatever the day after uh loud and live said oh we're doing five separate events here they are here's the dates and it was kind of like oh that's a bit of a coincidence yeah exactly right things things don't really happen by chance do they yeah but uh, no i I don't really know anything about that stuff to honest you but i think oh and everyone loves a rumor man (laughs) everybody loves a rumor (laughs) but yeah i I think you, if that if that does come to pass, people will be like, "I heard uh, Peter and Rob talking about that about like eight months ago. They were talking about that." And if it doesn't happen, no one even fucking remember we said it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I don't know anything about the, the live and loud and what they what they're doing. I just heard what Dave was suggesting on um, that talking elite fitness podcast. Mm. Wasn't he not suggesting that, like using the open as a ranking system as well? Yeah, that I did like. Because, I think it's super cool because then, because when you think about big competitions, right, big sanctional competitions, if they're trying to cater for every in their community and they've mm. got teams, elite and community teams, if they've got all different age category masters, don't get me wrong, I'm a master, I love to compete, mm. I love to be on the, on, in, those, in those competitions, but to handle all of those different fields of athletes and the main picture athletes is like, that's, that's a big task in hand, right? Yeah. So, I mean, if you were to use the Open as a ranking system and then have Aberdeen Open, this is a beginner-rated competition. Yeah, and yeah. That, I mean, that's really clean. That's, yeah. that's neat. Yeah, I think even it was, I think it was Sam Stewart I was talking to was like, I said, like, it would be very difficult to do. Like, you know, it's something that would be really useful, but would be tricky to implement or whatever. Um, but yeah, he was, he was like singing the praise of it. And then I was kind of like, even me, say, as I'd say, I classify myself as like scaled, maybe intermediate, depending on what was written down. <laughs> like, if it was like, you know, the way intermediate now has gone like, oh, you can do handstand push ups, yeah? It's like, no, I fucking can't, I'm intermediate. But like, <laughs> now it's expected of you. Like, so I think depending on the workouts, I might squeeze into an intermediate competition. But like, it'd be refreshing for me, say, if I was at a competition where it was like, right, you're scaled, grand, and then you go. And then there's some like massive guy beside you that's like power clean and 150 kilos, and you're like, yeah, how the right. fuck did you end up in this? So at least it eradicated that, like. Yeah, exactly that. Can you imagine though, like being being on the on the borderline of being like maybe beginner going into intermediate? Maybe maybe you just scrape into the intermediate, but really you're just the top of the beginner, and then you're at the bottom of the field. It's like 
is like going to be 39 in the 40 year old category for Masters <laughs> the last year you know what I mean like yeah, like Dave made a good point of, he was like, if you have, I can't, did one of the lads ask him, oh, if you have a bad open though, he was like, well, then you've got a year to, <laughs> so you're just stuck there for a year. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, another thing that Sam was saying, I thought that was good, was he was like, that they should try and keep some aspect of the national champion thing, because like, I think, depending on what country you're from, obviously, but I think there's a real sense of pride of like that, like I'm the national champion. Like I know like yeah. the Irish athletes are, like it's they love that aspect of it and I think he was kind of saying like even if you could keep it and have it that like yeah I'm the national champion and you also have to come within the top 200 or whatever in the open or top 300 in the open or if he goes back to regionals or something like that a national champ gets a spot at the regionals yeah yeah I mean you know what I mean you've still got the the You've still got the, the award of being national champ, and then you've got your opportunity to fight for a game, place at the games at regionals. Then, so there'd be a shit ton of people at regionals, then, wouldn't there? Oh man, <laughs> right? I don't. I, I wouldn't even. Better book a bigger venue in Berlin. I'm not a logistics man. I leave that to other people. <laughs> you <laughs> might have to be a logistics man. <laughs> I mean, you just spawn this idea, like you're after shitting on your own pan and Rob six months time. Let, let, let Rob organise that. Oh, geez. yeah. <laughs> yeah they'd be like I wish regionals was dead this is too hard <laughs> let's go back to sanctionals yeah yeah um, yeah listen to finish that off I think I think like some of the sanctionals have been outstanding yeah. like I was down at strength and depth and I competed there and like it was awesome I was over at Filthy 50 uh, as well, Filthy 50 as well tremendous and yeah. like they all had their own feel like it was like a regionals but they also had their own feel of bringing their own style to the competition as well. So, I mean, credit to those guys. I mean, yeah. the French Throwdown do a huge effort every year as well. I've competed there a few times and they, yeah, they're all doing an outstanding job. So, it's cool to see them get that credit to send somebody to the yeah. game. I know more than with you having regionals taken away, it'd be an awful shame putting in all that work and building something essentially from scratch and then being told, like, oh, actually, we're going to go back to the other way. Like, you know, thanks, but no thanks. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, Right now, it's a bit of a waiting game for everything, right? So waiting game yeah. to see. But Filthy's going ahead in some capacity, anyway. Sorry. Filthy's going ahead, anyway. Yeah. Was yeah. It for those guys. Yeah, I don't know if they've said. Like they've it was never last year, wasn't it? I think. Was yeah. It? No, it, no, it is November, but I don't know if they've said anything about. You know, I think they're just working under the assumption that it's a sanctioned event and that it's going ahead as planned because they haven't been totally different. Like so, hopefully. Cool. Um. Yeah, because I even, I think one of the coolest things about Filthy as well is the affiliate cup aspect, like the kind of local, because even like Dorina was telling me there was people there from HQ and they were like, I love that. Like, I love yeah. that it's the community thing. Like, Yeah, I mean, that's huge as well. Yeah. I ran yeah. all those teams there last year. It was really good. Because I've done quite a few seminars over in Dublin. and Yeah. Oh, and loads of people. When I put up, uh, whenever we spoke, like two months ago or whatever, whenever we spoke, I put up a picture I'd say I got about 15 messages or 20 saying like, oh, he did my level one. Oh, he did my level two. Oh, I remember him for like, it's crazy how many people in the Irish scene you've touched. That sounds a bit weird, but you know That's what I mean? Don't you, bro. You, don't, you can't say shit like that right now. <laughs> Delete that. You'll be cancelled. No, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It must be, it yeah. must be cool, like, you know, being involved in something that you're, you know, say you could be at that, 
at Filthy and be like, I coached that person, I coached that person. And they've coached all those people that are watching them. And, you know, like it's, it must be cool to be involved like that. It's super cool. It's, it's really humbling. And I mean, just, to, you know, we, we, we go there and we, we do the seminars and we got the privilege of, of representing HQ. But then it's those guys that sat in the seats that we're speaking to that actually are, are going out and doing the work every day in the gyms and, and spreading the message even further. So, I mean, more props to those guys, man, for sure. Yeah. Like, Dublin, some of the best times we've had on seminars and some of the best crack with the participants is in, is in Dublin, you know, for sure. Like, some, some, some nationalities are renowned for being a little bit more reserved, a little bit more stoic, maybe. Whereas in Dublin, you know you're going to have a good laugh no matter what happens. So, yeah. It's good. That's Germany. We all know you're talking about Germany there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was going to ask as well. Did it like? Did you feel? Did you feel in any way funny about the fact that seminars were allowed to be delivered or, or certifications and stuff were allowed to be achieved online during this? Were you anyway kind of like, oh, is that right? Though? Or are we kind of like, look, needs most? You know, I think, um, I think, I think they they hit it just right because you could only do the level one online if it was a recertification, right? Yeah. So I think, I mean, the community needed to be, to be kept engaged and people needed to revalidate if they, if they were running out of time due to COVID and stuff. So I think it was a really good way of going about it. But I think nothing, there's something like your first level one, have you done your level one? No. Do you made money? Dude, we need to get you on a level one. It, it's fun. It's special, right? Like it's really, really cool. But it's just that interaction with people, and like it's a different interaction. Via- it's that like-mindedness. That's like anyone that I've spoken to that's done it is like it's amazing spending like that. You come away from it so energized and so like buzzed yeah. to be like, "Fuck yeah, I love fitness!" Like because you just spent like two full days around everyone of similar beliefs, like similar beliefs, and you know what? Everybody's got their own story. Like yeah. every stuff that's gone on in the background, or you know what? Like. I quite regularly share the story of my sister that, that had a TBI and we use CrossFit to, to, to kind of help rehabilitate her and stuff. And, you know, it just, you get to connect with people. Mm. And like, you know, we spoke earlier about you can send a text to somebody, they can interpret it any way they want. Well, yeah. what when you're face to face with somebody, you can really understand and feel what they're trying to communicate with you. So yeah, the, the level one, I think it will always be an in-person seminar. It can't be any other way. It's special with regards to that, you know? Yeah. Um, okay, look, we'll finish up with a quick fire. I could talk to you all night. What's going on? I know, yeah, but stuff. You're best people, friends now. What's happening? People get bored after an hour. So. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I can see a graph on my like hosting site. I can see a graph where the, the point in time that most drop-offs in the episode happen. Oh, yeah. That's a fucking scary thing to look at. Because like, I only found that last night. I was like, point? I was like, oh look, there's loads of stuff on this. You can see, like, I always knew you could see like countries. Someone in Brunei listens. How fucking weird is that? That's but cool. like, you can always see stuff like that. So I, I kept an eye on that. I stopped looking at numbers because it was pissing me off too much. Like I was getting <laughs> too obsessed with it. But then last night I scrolled down further than I've ever scrolled before, and there was a thing of like average drop-off point on episodes, wow. and it's like. I mean, I'd say 10% of people have heard these quickfire things going by that graph because it's a stark drop, like, just drop. before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe, but anyway, maybe I enjoy it. I know, I enjoy it, though. I don't give a shit, It's your show, you can do what you want. Yeah, I mean, I do want people to listen, but... Um, okay, so, row or ski? Row. Uh, Americano or flat white? Flat white. 
especially in Iceland. Yes. Um, rugby or CrossFit? The, the stage of my life. Right now, CrossFit, before it was rugby. Like, I could never imagine a day where I, like, where I didn't play rugby. Now I can't imagine a day where I don't do CrossFit. That's fair. Um, deadlift or squat? Oh. Squat. Uh, the next male champ not named Fraser. The next Chandler Smith. Oh. That's wildly out of left field. You've skipped over Valner. Olsen who finished second last year. Chan- Chandler... Did you did you hear Bergner and the? Uh, oh my god! But it was comical. It was comical watching. <laughs> oh, it. that ugly! <laughs> Give me a week with that guy. Give me a week. He like, said it so many times, like. Like hey, if coach is saying that, yeah, um, yeah, and I, and Chandler's such a dude as well. He's a nice gentleman. He really yeah. is a very nice. Gentleman. I think he showed himself to be really, like. Not just intelligent, like emotionally intelligent through everything that happened as well. Like he was very level-headed with everything, and he there was a lot of shit going on around him, and he was very like calm about it. Like I think it was very, I have a lot of respect for him. Um, he's a beast. Yeah, he's so ridiculously strong. strong. He's kind of like one of those guys that you know, if you if you feel like you can be fine-tuned a little bit and kind of like polished up a little bit with some of the movements. Stop cleaning on his tippy toes and stuff like that. Oh, bro. Like, when he squat cleaned that, and he was on his tiptoes and his left foot, I was like, my gosh. But like, that's the kind of thing that I watched thinking, like, does he stand that up thinking, like, oh, that was close, but it was good? Or is he like, oh, my... <laughs> is he the whole way through? He's like, oh, my God, I'm only touching one toe off the ground on my left foot. I know. I know. It'd be interesting to know what's going through his head. Yeah. Um, he's got an engine, and he's strong, and he's yeah. like, yeah, he, he could be... Yeah, for sure. The next big chunk. That's cool. Uh, strength or gymnastics? Gymnastics. Always work on foundations first. Uh, next female champ, not named Toomey. That's a tough one, hey? Mm. That's a tough one. you got to hope it's someone European. Well, you know what? Like The names that spring to mind straight away are, uh, are Sarah and Kristen, right? Yeah. But then it'd be amazing for Kristen. It would be amazing. Like, like amazing. Sarah can wait. Like, you know, she's she can wait another few years if she needs to. Do you know what I mean? Kristen is like she deserves it because she fucking works hard. Like, oh, bro, for sure. And like, like she's like a silent professional as well, yeah. right? Like, awesome. You, Jamie Green's a beast. Yeah. Um, but also, what really surprised me is how Cara Saunders has come. Oh, it's not Saunders anymore, but how Cara has come back. From giving birth, ridiculous, like ridiculous. That just blows my mind. So I'm kind of like thinking if if she really kind of like gets if 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 she if that's what she wants to do, get back into her training and compete, she could be a force too, bro. Yeah, and her kid is so cool as well. Yeah. See, uh, her kid Scotty was on an assault runner the other day, just like walking. She said she has to put a D ball on it so that she doesn't go walking on her own. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah, she's cool. Um, okay, you're building a super team to take on the now rescheduled Mayhem Madness. So you yeah. can be on it or you can coach. I'll coach. I'll coach. I know my place. Okay. So who's your two guys and two girls? And don't pick like Fraser and Toomey. All right, I'm going to go all European. Okay. 
I'm coach, right? So we're going to hang out together and we're going to be in the same house and having some fun. So like male-wise... Oh, I actually thought you were talking about me there. I thought you were like, we're going to hang out together. I was like, I'm going to be there. <laughs> I like for European males, like Lucas Hogberg. Yeah, very funny. And Adrian Munweiler. Like, yeah, wild, yeah. You'd have a scream. You'd be amazing. And then I think uh, Briggsy's got to be a their team captain. Yeah. And I think... I take Kristen Holiday. I think Holiday and Briggsy would be yeah, that would be two strong females. And then Adrian and uh Adrian and Hogberg for sure. That'd be fun. I was watching my father in law has gotten really into crossing. He's always like he's really passionate about stuff that other people are passionate about. Like he like latches on to stuff and he's like, I look it up and he you know, he goes and does it like but he's actually been doing workouts with me. Our gym is doing like a workout of the week every weekend. Like, yeah. well, the reset on a Wednesday, you have to do it by a Sunday. And he's been doing, I would go over to his house and do it with him on Sunday. And like, his That's wife right. is like, this is his midlife crisis. And I'm like, it's a fucking good crisis <laughs> to have, in fairness. He could be buying a car, like. But yeah. um, he's gotten really into like watching it. So I showed him the documentaries and stuff and he watched them. And then when we were at the games last year, he watched so that he could talk to us about it. Like, he was like, oh, I was watching such and such a thing, and I was keeping an eye out for Emma McQuaid, or, you know, that kind of way. Yeah. And then, about about a month ago, he was like, oh, did you know that you can watch CrossFit on YouTube? And I was like, duh, like, obviously. Yeah. And then he was like, oh, I'm currently watching the 2017 games. And I was like, like the documentary or what? And he was like, no, no, I started at Heat 1 <laughs> of Workout 1. <laughs> So then I was over like a couple of weekends ago and he's watching like the 2015 games. And he was like, well, we watched like five events. We watched like the snatch and we watched like DT. Like it's like, it is go yeah. crack like, you know, but it's yeah. so, it's so cool how much he likes it. But he was like, you need to watch the soccer chipper. He was like, it's so funny though, the, the qualifications he made. So he was like, um, you need to watch the soccer chipper. It's nothing to do with soccer though. There's no football or anything. And I was like, I figured. And then he's like, but it's in the soccer stadium. But it was, you know, the one with the the pig, the second year of the pig, and the handstand, the rope climbs with the thick rope and then the thin rope, and then the handstand walk. And we, myself and my wife were watching it here because um, he was hounding us to watch it. He was like, I really want to talk to you about it, so go and watch it. And it was like, just when you said Sam Briggs there, one of the most ridiculous, like she's done some ridiculous shit, like broken bones, like, you know, injuring herself and then like still qualifying in the masters with like a day to go over Like she's done some ridiculous stuff, but like this embodied her perfectly. I think where she was like pretty much dead last on the pig, like just couldn't, she flipped like once and it was just there for ages. The camera kept panning back, you know, doing like the wide shot and Sean Woodland kept saying like, you know, and Sam Briggs is still struggling or whatever. Like, and then like time just went past and it was shown, someone was arguing with their judge or something, you know, which happens. And then, the next thing, Sean Woodland goes, and Sam brings on the handstand walk. And then I was like, what? And then he, like, uh, Woodland was like, wait, Sam, was she? Yeah, whoa, she's made up loads of ground. <laughs> it's like, some, from going from nothing to, I think she finished second in her heat or something. And it was like, just insane. Like, she's incredible. She's a beast, man. She's an absolute beast. Like, her mentality's on a different level. Insane. That's Most people would still be back at the pig going, fuck this, I'm not bothered anymore. Like, uh, if, if you put a wall in front of her, she'll just smash it down. Like, yeah. She wouldn't even bother climbing over it. She's just going to go through it. Yeah. Um, that snatch event at Rogue Invitational. Oh. The uh, last man standing. It's oh, like, how does she not dislocate her shoulders oh. and just collapse? Like, like 
just and I was another time, another Sean Woodland commentating moment where he was like, "Oh, she just missed. Oh no, she's going again." I was like, "She's into the next minute straight away," but like it looked like she had stopped because she looked so deflated. Yeah. But it was literally like three, two, one, and she was back up again. Ah, she's an animal. That was like well, that was one of my moments of the weekend for me. That was seeing Sam. She smashed that. Yeah, no, that was cool. Um, all right, listen, Rob, thanks a million for coming back on. Um, I appreciate you giving up your time. Best of luck with everything that's going on with seminars, with HQ. I hope everything works out in as hopeful a manner as I think people like you deserve it to. Um, and yeah, we'll stay in touch. Thanks, man. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. And uh, if anybody ever wants to reach out or if I can help anybody, just uh, get in touch. No problem whatsoever. Good, lovely. Cheers. Thanks, man. Appreciate it, bro.